Hello neighborhood mystics and welcome to your weekly tarot and astrology forecast for the week of May 15th through the 20th of 2017. Wow, it's May already. It's the middle of May. Where did the time go? Well, we have a couple of sign changes this week and a couple of planets leaving shadow. So let's get to it. On Tuesday the 16th, uh, Mercury moves into Taurus and it is not outside, not out of its shadow yet. That will be next week. Uh, so there still might be some Mercury retrograde type stuff in play. For example, for me, like yesterday, I had three appointments get changed and one of them was changed without my knowledge so I missed it. So that's kind of a mercury retrograde thing. Um, but you know, so it goes. I'm, I'm just kind of in a space now that things will happen when they need to happen and I don't need to push anything. Um, as well we have the Sun moving into Gemini on Saturday the 20th. But I will save that for later because I've got more that I want to talk about with that one. Um, we have got Venus will be opposite Jupiter and leave her shadow on Friday the 19th. So we've got two benefics in an opposition. So does that mean it's a bad thing or a good thing? Hard to say. Um, with this, these Jupiter oppositions, if you haven't noticed, it just, it tends to be a little too much. Maybe it's because I'm so affected by the, the Jupiter opposite Uranus thing going on because, you know, that it will always, whatever planet comes through will play into that. So since I personally am so affected, maybe that's why for me, it's like it, it always ends up being a period of too much, too fast, too much, too much going on. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, we've, we've got two, you know, Venus rules Libra. So, and we have Jupiter in Libra. So we have Venus coming by and I guess checking in with Jupiter and saying, hey, are you upholding the things that I like, like friendship and fairness and, uh, you know, pleasure and good times. And, you know, if you have a party, please make sure everyone has a good time. Like that would be a Venus thing. When you go to a party at Venus's house, her high, highest priority is to make sure everybody has a good time. You know, this not it's the party isn't like all about her or anything. It's all about her guests and is everybody having a good time. And if anything, you know, if somebody seems bored or unhappy or something, Venus is very concerned. So I think this Venus opposite Jupiter thing will be like, hey, Jupiter, just check it in with you. You know, is everybody having a good time? Is everybody being treated fairly? Um, you know, does the house still look beautiful and wonderful and, you know, things like that as she passes by. And like I said, she leaves her shadow. So whatever lessons or things you had come up during the Venus retrograde, um, 
you're now moving out of it. So, also on that same day, Friday 19th, uh, Saturn trine Uranus is exact. Now, I mean, this, this transit has been in play for several weeks. So, it's not like it's anything new, but just FYI, it's exact on the 19th. And I, what I would say about that one is, it's so crazy, this just might work. Because we've got Uranus, the planet of crazy genius, and Saturn, who normally says yet yeah, says no, since he's in trine with Uranus, uh, says, okay, let's give it a try. And see, and you know, and, and Saturn, you know, says, maybe I can lend some stability to your crazy harebrained scheme, Uranus. So, hey, if you have had something brewing and something in the works and you're just like, well, maybe that's too way out there. I don't know. It's so crazy. This just might work. Okay, so now let's talk about the sun moving into Gemini on Saturday the 20th. So we have the sun moving from a fixed earth sign of Taurus to a mutable air sign, Gemini. So signs next to each other are very different. And yes, Taurus and Gemini uh, is very it's a it's quite a shift we're going from earth to air and from something that's very stable to something that's very flexible uh, mars has been in gemini since april 22nd roughly a month so the sun's coming to join uh, mars there there won't be a conjunction but he's they'll be in the same sign so i kind of envision that as uh you know mars is associated with the military so uh, it's like the military has been in Gemini and has been fighting all these skirmishes and these little battles and been, you know, turned around and gone from one thing to the other. And it's, you know, it's kind of like a lot going on. It's not one united front type of thing. It's like all these little skirmishes and guerrilla warfare. And the sun is has been in Taurus and has been... Uh, going over what's the king, the sun, has been in Taurus saying, hey, what's really important to me? What do I value? Uh, what, you know, um, how can I accumulate things that are important to me? So now the sun has moved into Gemini and is going to, like I said, kind of meet up with Mars in a certain sense and say, what's going on? what's going on Mars and like I said Mars may be a little bit frazzled from having to do all these different things that maybe don't necessarily fit together in one big picture um so but you know the sun in Gemini can get is equally distracted so what I wanted to do is read from Stephen Forrest the inner sky about Gemini so let's start. Okay, so he has um, the archetypes for Gemini as the witness, the teacher, the storyteller, the journalist. Okay. We all create pictures of the universe that we carry around in our heads, and we don't like experiences that don't fit the picture. The doctor doesn't like to see the faith healer get results. The white racist has little use for a brilliant black physicist. We create a picture. Then we look for evidence to support it. 
Gemini must violate that instinct. It must strive to see clearly regardless of how incomprehensible its perceptions might be. The twins must give the universe permission not to make any sense. If they are confused, they are right on target. That just means the information they have gathered ahead of their ability, they've gathered the information ahead of their ability to figure it out. Maintaining that wide open, totally receptive state is a prime evolutionary strategy for that, this sign. Once again, not thinking so much as seeing. Living is one way to gather experience, but there is another. The world is swarming with experiencers. It's swarming with people. Each one of them has a unique set of perceptions. Each one has digested them, turned them from crude observations into far, a far more refined form thoughts. But how can we get at them? They are locked behind a wall of bone and brain matter. The twins know the answer. To get at those treasures hidden in the minds of those around us, all we have to do is ask. Make inquiries. We must master the art of speaking. For Gemini, that is a critical evolutionary strategy. The twins are born to talk. So just to add a little bit to that piece, uh, I'm a Gemini moon. So one of my favorite parts about doing readings for people is talking to people, which that may sound weird, but it's like I, you know, when I do readings and stuff, I get to meet people that I would never otherwise meet. So I, I, I see at, at giving a reading as an opportunity to meet interesting people and talk to interesting people. And the reading part's in there too, but it's just like that really fulfills my Gemini moon thing. And that's the way I approach readings as a Gemini moon. And I also work with questions, which, you know, some people find odd, but I mean, that's, that's how I do my readings. They're, they're built around questions. So just a little side note there. I'm going to go on and read more. Now we're going to the shadow side of Gemini. The adaptability so characteristic of this phase of the zodiac arises here. Unfortunately, when married to baser motives, this same flexibility produces horrors. Pressed to, the, pressed to face an unpleasant truth, the adaptable, adaptable Gemini mind can reconstruct the information. There is little real lying here, only a shifting of emphasis, a few strategic silences, and a barrage of words. Often the new montage of ideas makes sense. However false, it may be convincing or at least persuasive enough to put anyone off track. Only the most cunning and single-minded individual can penetrate the maze the twins weave once they are put on the defensive. Right or wrong, they rarely lose an argument. So this is pointing to the, uh, the shadow side of Gemini, which is, you know, uh, lying, the trickster, the huckster. And um, as I read this paragraph, as I read that paragraph, keep in mind our current, our current president is a Gemini. Does that not sound like our current president? There is real, there is little real lying involved here, only a shifting of emphasis, a few strategic silences and a barrage of words. Often the new montage of ideas makes sense, however false. It may be convincing or at least persuasive enough to put anyone off track. 
Only the most cunning and single-minded individual can penetrate the maze the twins weave once they are put on the defensive. Right or wrong, they rarely lose an argument. Yeah, I think that sounds a lot like our president. Okay, one more paragraph I want to share with you. The twins are in, a, in the world to gather experience, to let the miracle of life work directly on their hearts. There is no room in them for complacency, for dogmatic opinions that shield them from chaos and mystery. With their insatiable curiosity, they can pack a lifetime with experiences. But the horse they ride is wild. It can carry them to a far horizon or it can dance around full of motion going nowhere. All tactics and no strategy has been an epitaph of many a Gemini. It comes down to this. The horse needs a rider. So I think that is reflective of our news media. Our news media gathers all these facts, has all these people pump in opinions, and it never goes anywhere. There's never, you know, it just shifts from day to day. Oh, this guy's right. That guy's wrong. No, that guy's wrong. This guy's right. Oh, this person said this and that one said that. And it's like it does not go anywhere. You know, we need Sagittarius, the opposite sign, to create the big picture. And like I said, that's, you know, the shadow side of Gemini is definitely our news media because there is no rider on that horse. That horse just is running around in circles and knocking over fences. I mean, I you know, I don't know what to say other than that. So those are some things for you to ponder about Gemini in general and about the sun being in Gemini. So the big spotlight in the sky is emphasizing all these uh, Gemini-type things. So be looking for storytellers and hucksters and see what shows up as the sun is in Gemini. And I wanted to pull uh, a few cards about the sun in Gemini and say, see maybe what our focus might be. So the first card I've got is the Ten of Earth. And I've got the Three of Fire, or Three of Wands, and the Eight of Fire. Okay, so like I said, Gemini is an air sign and we did not get any air cards. Not that that matters, that's just an observation. Um, so we've got a Ten, a Three, and an Eight. So, you know, the, the Ten of Earth is about the end of the road, and that's about, uh, you know, fulfillment and about lasting fulfill fulfillment. For me, that, that Ten has like a generational uh, legacy to it, the Ten of Earth. So it's like, you know, it's not only is it accomplishment and, and profitability, if you will, or material gain, but it's stuff that can pass through generations. Um, then we've got the Three of Fire, and that's that's a very visionary, that's a visionary card. And we have the Eight of Fire, which is a very fast-moving card. So I think what this is saying, because we still have a lot of stuff in Fire. We've still got Venus um, there in Aries, and Uranus is still in Aries. And we still, you know, we have that all that activity around that, Uranus Saturn trine and the Uranus Jupiter opposition and stuff so the fire you know the the fire is still being stoked so to speak um so I think what this is saying is you know I think with the sun the sun is leaving Taurus so that's our that's our ten of earth here you know it's like keep that vision in place or if you haven't gotten a vision you might want to get a vision of the future 
so that when we hit Gemini here with the sun and Gemini, you don't just choom, go off, like I said, like that horse without a rider that's running in circles and knocking down fences because it does not know which way to go and it's very confused. Um, and keep fastening your seatbelts because things are moving fast. With this aid of fire, be ready to move. If it hasn't been time for you to move yet, be ready to move. Be ready to move quickly. And in order for you to be able to move quickly, you need to have that vision in place. So, you know, and then with the 10 of earth, it's like, what is, what, what, what can persist beyond this period? You know, look, look far into the future, not like what's good for me for the next three weeks or three months. You know, it's more like the next three years. What looks good for the next three years? What can I live with for the next three years? So that's your, uh, that's your call to action your mission for this week and um when the sun enters gemini we'll hit we'll hit a little bit of a shift and we'll be able maybe to thoughtfully process some of what's been going on in the fire parts of our chart uh thank you for watching liking sharing these videos and if you want a reading with me visit quickcardreading.com where you can also download free tarot card images and I'll see you next week.